the flight center. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodzy. And you're going to love the Round Ball. And welcome along to another Wednesday night. Uh, Dom Ronaldo and Travis Dodd here on this COVID-free state that we live in, Travis. Although I shouldn't say that because maybe as we speak, something might have just happened. But we're doing okay, aren't we, here in Adelaide in South Australia? We are flying, absolutely flying along. And it's credit to uh, all the people of this fine state. Yep. Uh, that we've been doing Fine the, state. Fine state that we've been doing the right thing and uh, you know, looking after ourselves. So... No new cases, no active cases is fantastic. And that can only mean one thing. We're hopefully getting closer and closer to starting to see a ball being kicked around. Although, of course, interstate, they're not as, uh, I guess, lucky as we are. There's still a few flying around here and there. We need the whole of Australia to be COVID-free. And then away we go, Trav. When, when do you envisage? When does your gut feel this might start? Well, there's, there's talk that the clubs will be able to start training as early as next month. So in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and certainly the, the information comes coming out of the FFA from James Johnson is that they want the season wrapped up by end of August. So that gives them that that two that two month window to get a, a mini preseason in because let's face it, they've had uh, what are we, March, April, May, three months off. Uh, has it been that long, is it? Three months? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Three months off, well, I think, something like that. But they would have all had a program to do. Not the same thing obviously, but Hundred percent. It's it's nowhere near the same thing. Uh, isolated training, uh, majority of it would just be running type drills. So need to get a touch on the ball and you know get that feel back. But from a player's point of view, there must be so much frustration, particularly when you look on the news and you see the NRL, the AFL have got firm dates. They've got plans. Yeah, but they've on, been talking about it since this started. Yeah, but <laughs> it's something. It's progress. The yeah, but players, a lot of it was just sort of smoke and mirrors. Well, I, just think, to, I think they're, they're well advanced now. In terms now they of, are. Yeah, yeah, that they've got firm dates set down and, you know, they're playing hard in a in a hub-style environment, whereas with the A-League, we still don't know any of that. Mm. And, you know, for such a short amount of time to go, I just can't understand why they can't get it done. I, you're right, but it's a bit different to us. We need to finish our season. Those... Both leagues are starting this season, and let's face it, uh, they you know they're playing in this hub situation on the Gold Coast or wherever the rugby league are playing. It's all about money. It's all to so they can get their sponsorship money. Otherwise, really, if, if you were realistic, you just scrap the season and start again next season. That's what you would do if you were those two codes. But they need the dough, they need the cash, they need the need the TV rights, and that's why they're going ahead with with our game. We've only got well, we need to finish the season off, and there's only what five six rounds left, and then finals, and that's it. Yeah, but. Football needs to put its best foot forward as well. Yeah. We've got uh, we've got a lot going on in the background. There's still talk about Foxtel, whether or not they're going to be in in the mix or involved well, next year. That's the grey area still, well, isn't it? Hyundai have pulled out, major sponsor of the league. So you need you need to be putting your best foot forward yeah. to, to attract new sponsors. <clears throat> so get out there and get it done. For me, I can't I can't understand how. The, the other codes are able to, to get this far advanced and have things organised. And from the outside looking in, in terms of what the general public know, it's there's not a lot happening. Yeah, no, you're right. They've got one thing ahead of us that they are proactive, whereas for some unknown reason, our leaders... Uh, in Sydney, just not quite sure what they're doing and what they do from day to day. But we'll put that aside now. I was watching TV last night and I saw your ugly puss on uh, on Channel 10. I went to Channel 7 and there's uh, Bruce Jute. What's going on now? Your part of <sighs> Made this... your day, didn't it? No, it didn't actually. I sort of was eating my dinner and I nearly came out. But anyway, we'll put that aside as well. Uh, so you're part of three-man selection committee for the 
coach. Is that true? Could you explain? Because I couldn't understand yeah. it. Well, no, we're certainly not. We're certainly not uh, going to be selecting a coach. Uh, we talk about Adelaide United. Adelaide United, yeah. So in in search of the the an appointment of a new coach, uh, the club uh, Nathan Cosmina, CEO and football director Bruce Jitte, uh reached out to myself, Ange Costanzo, and Marcello Kruska as past players to to have some input into setting a criteria for huh. the, the next Adelaide United coach. So uh, we, we discussed what's been working well from, from an outsider's point of view looking in. Uh, so as, a as I guess, a fan now looking in at the club, you know, what's, what do we think has been working with the coach, what hasn't? Uh, and for me, some of the, the main points were, you know, particularly with uh, a foreign coach's the continual gripes that they have with the league and with Australia in particular salary cap restraints, the the fact we play in summer, the pitches, uh, those kinds of things are things you just can't change. So as a coach, you need to come in eyes wide open to what you're going to be facing. Now, if they get a local coach, which the club is set on doing, getting an Australian coach, they're going to understand all of that. What they would love is to have a South Australian coach, somebody that that understands the the South Australian landscape, the mm. South Australian National Premier League, so that they can look to try and develop the youth players or the younger players coming through there to to bring into the fold at Adelaide United because, let's face it, Adelaide United is not going to be a club that goes out and buys the the Ninkovic, the, the Bobo, the Fornaroli, Lafondra, those those types of players. So you need to develop from within. Now, it's a it's a big challenge that the club has set itself, particularly given they don't have an academy, but I think that they've got a sound understanding of, of what they want. It's it's a matter of being able to find the the coach that can fit into into that mould. So let me get this right. You and Marcello and uh, who else was it? The third Angelo one? Costanzo. Angelo Costanzo. Oh, our good friend Ange. Angel. You're, you're not putting names forward to saying this is who we recommend as a coach no. of the next Adelaide United. No, absolutely So not. at the end of the day, who will choose the coach? It will be Bruce and Nathan? Well, that'll be the, the yeah, Pete, I'm sure. The chairman Pete. will be involved in that. Yep. But it's definitely a, a club club handled uh, interview process. So right. they, they want our involvement in, in setting a criteria. Uh, I'm sure they'll put an expression of interest out to the public to, to cast that net and see, see what they get. So if I was to say to you, okay, Trav, I want you to choose a coach for Adelaide United for the new season, who would you recommend? Oh. I know, well, you're not recommending a coach that you can tell me. So who yeah, would... no, no. Look, I, I was asked this uh, by by the media last night. Ah, um, so and... they got him before me. Yeah, yeah. So you just... Just coming along for the ride. Yeah. I asked uh, you this last week, you bozo. Well, you want me to give you the same answer as last week. <laughs> I can't so, remember you said. So, look, uh, if, if we're looking purely from a South Australian perspective, uh, we discussed it last week, I think. Maybe there's there's a handful of coaches there. Damien Murray, Joe Mullen, Tony Vidmar, Aurelio Vidmar, and Carl Viet. Yep. Really? Uh, you know, maybe John Aloisi, Ross Aloisi, but I think they'll be out of the picture, to yeah. be honest. Um, you know, given given the fact you, you look at that group, uh, Aurelio's had a stint here. Uh, John Cosmina's had two stints here, and I don't think his son actually wants him back at the club <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> And we can understand why. So you can rule those two out. It, it, we asked him last week, would he come back if he was off of the job? He said yes, for the, for the third time. Cosy, yeah, of wow. course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, uh, Damien... 
doesn't really have a lot of ex- that, well, it doesn't have a lot it doesn't have that experience uh, at a national team level a national league level and Joey I just you know, without having without actually asking him the question um, from what my understanding is he's got a really uh, really good job at the moment and personally I just don't understand why you would potentially give that up for an yeah. unknown stint at but if you love it though and, and remember he was the Asian Champions League head coach. <laughs> Joey well, Mullen. on paper, on paper. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on paper he was, yeah. yeah but, but he wasn't actually. Coach, I know what so, you mean because he's got yeah. a pretty good job and what have you. But if that's your passion and that has been your ambition, you know, he may be swayed. Look, the, th- the thing for that would be is that, yeah, you'd want to be financially stable yeah. to, before you went and jumped and pulled the pin on any, uh, you know, full-time employment because coaching's a, a ruthless gig. You, you never know how long you're going to be in the role. and Two and years, gone. So, look. There's no doubt that if it's South Australian, you narrow it down to Tony Vidmar, <clears> Carl <throat> Viet, uh, Joey, and Damien. None of them have had a league a league experience. Uh, it's you can use a lot of examples of that, by the way, of other coaches like Mark yeah, Rudin. Absolutely, yeah. <coughs> Ufuk Tale. Ufuk Tale. Yeah. And look at how that well they're doing. Absolutely. Um, so they're going to have to take a punt yep. if they go South Australian. And I on, think they should. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, you look at Tony Vidmar has got. Wealth of experience at national team setup. We spoke to him last week. He's been involved with the under twenties. He's been involved with the AIS. Carl Viet, very similar. Yep. Uh, so he's got that that understanding of youth and and bringing that youth through. Uh, Joey Mullen coached the the youth team for Adelaide United for for a couple of years, and Damien has coached at an MPL level very successfully for a very a lot long of years. time. Yeah, very yeah. very long time. So. I would be going from that pool yep. of, of four players. And I agree with you. I think out of that pool, you can uh, even find a couple of coaches to come into the system and uh, yeah. and uh, coach Adelaide United. So let's hope they are listening to us. So the names you've uh, thrown at us, I think there's some pretty good names there, and I reckon give them a go. Just see what happens. Absolutely. Rather, rather yeah. than bring another overseas coach who will complain about everything that you said, well, that's well, the last th- thing we want. I think it's fair to say that that's definitely not on the cards, yeah. purely but that's all the, the cost side of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, you did mention Joe Mullen. We're going to catch up with his uh, son coming up after the break because uh, he plies his trade nowadays with uh, Campbelltown City. Uh, of course, we're here thanks to Hyundai's end of uh, financial year sale, which is on now. Hard to believe it's nearly the end of the financial year trip. We're over halfway through May. Then we've got June, and that's it. Financial year done and dusted. We'll be counting down to Christmas then, won't we? Don't please don't say that. Uh, you've got to see it to believe it. Of course, Hyundai's end of year financial sale is on now. Look no further for extra special value. Uh, now, as well as speaking to Daniel after the break, we're all going to speak to, uh, speak to a, a former Adelaide United. Well, we could call him legend, even though he didn't play that many games for Adelaide United, but he is the only player that has won the Johnny Warren medal from Adelaide United, Marcos Flores. Uh, but would we put him in the legends status of Adelaide United? I think even so. Even though he only played a handful of games? Yeah, absolutely. I had to yeah. believe you thought he was around longer than, I think, how many games? Could you check up, I think it was 40-odd. 40, yeah, maybe I don't even know if it was even that many, was in it? In the 40s, I reckon. It seemed like he was here for 40 years. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, look, I think he has that, that impact on... Uh, the people that he's around. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's certainly got a passion for it. And as well as that, uh, we're going to catch up. As uh, people have heard, you may not have heard, Australia and New Zealand are bidding as one to host the FIFA Women's World Cup in 2023. We're going to catch up with the uh, general manager here in Australia, FIFA's World Cup bid, and that's uh, Jane Fernandez. It'll be great to have the World Cup here. We'd like to see it. I think it's going to be played at Hindmarsh if it does happen here. I think they're going to uh, spend a bit of money to ex- extend the stadium to capacity of, I think it's 23. Am I right in saying that? I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to put that, them on the trees. Well, that'd be a, a good uh, good question to ask because yeah. uh, something like that, could you potentially look to utilise Adelaide Oval? 
Yeah, it's not, it's not a great ground, is it, to watch our game? Well, it's not, but neither is putting in temporary stands yeah, I know. for a high marsh or yeah. coopers maybe and then temporary. pulling it down. Yeah, maybe well, not temporary, you nah, reckon? maybe make them permanent. Ooh. Yeah, I reckon. There you go. Make them permanent. You don't really want nothing against the Adelaide Oval. It's nice because the Seagulls love it, but to watch our game, <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't think so. Anyway, we're going to catch up with those people after the break, but, uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Mullen is going to come up straight after this break. You're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey back after this. On SENSA, The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. Yes, and it's great to have your company on this uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Dom Ronaldo and Travis Dodd here with the round ball. Now, I did say before the break, Trav, we're going to catch up with... uh um, Daniel Mullen, but he's uh, slightly busy, so we'll catch up with him a little bit later. So what we'll do, we'll slot this bloke in because uh, we heard the news last week. No surprise, I guess it was going to happen eventually. Marcos Flores, the uh, Johnny Warren medalist of uh, the Adelaide United heyday, has decided to pull the pin, hang the boots up, and it's going to be a sad day for everybody. Sayonara. Uh, yeah, sayonara, and he joins us now. Marcos Flores, uh, nice to have your company again. How are you, my friend? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. That's long our time pleasure. No speak. <laughs> Very long time. <laughs> hey, uh, Marcos, uh, I guess it wasn't a surprise to a lot. I, th- I think we heard that you were going to play one more season and then maybe hang up the boots at the end of the season. But, of course, because of COVID-19, you obviously brought your decision forward. Yes, guys. I mean, unfortunately, this, this, this situation forced me to make this tough decision. And, um, and yeah, and I, and I put a lot of thoughts and... and and the main reason why I, I decided to 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 step aside and it's just because I don't want to block any expectation and dreams of the young players coming through. Um, basically, in these last forty days, I couldn't find the motivation to train myself. Um, I'm, I'm knowing how football how football is being played in MPL is going to demand a lot of energy, um, a lot of intensity from our coaches and I don't want to disappoint people I, I, if I cannot meet their expectations it's better for, for me to be honest um, first with my body and, 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 then, and then obviously being really really honest and, 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 and just, uh, just offer, offer the, best, the best decision not just only for myself for everyone in the team yeah. Was it hard for you to make that decision uh, Marcos? It is, it is, I cry a few times guys and I'm and, and reading the letter that I wanted to 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 let the the, the LA City football community, but at the end of the day, to every single friend, every single every single fan that watched me play, to my family, you know, it's something that that um, is the only thing that I that I know how to do, Dom. You know, um, and it was it was really emotional, really tough. But at the same time, I feel relief because it was the right call and it's the right, right, right decision to do it, you know. Well, it's always a tough decision, Marcos. Now, for, for people that may not understand, uh, it's it's not just a player announcing retirement because there's there's a lot more at play here. Now, Marcos, you're here on a visa. So how does this impact that uh, side of it and, and what will you do moving forward? It is. I mean, I, I've been unemployed at uh, Traps. I mean, I can't work. I can't do nothing. I, I'm just, I'm just trying, you know, to, 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 to find my feet. You know, the immigration knows that I'm, I'm, I have a bucket up of, 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 
of 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 a lot of football people in the state that back me up in 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 the distinguished talent visa, which is something that I hope that it, it can come through. But obviously, for the coronavirus, it delayed everything for everyone, even for the government. So um, it, it, it's not easy. I mean, it's not money traps, as you know. Yeah. It is. It is just love for the game. And when I cannot give my best traps, why should I be blocking a kid if I cannot give my best? Just explain to me. If football for me, um, and I don't need to explain myself, but uh, back in the day, Travis, when we were, when we were in the top of a, in, in A-League, I was playing for Fringle now. Yeah. And Michael Petrillo and Michael Petrillo was upset because I was I was I was playing with the other like a Blue Eagles under fifteen and and now apparently I'm the guy who chase who chase the dollar. Come on, guys! I mean, uh, um, I'm being I'm being honest. I mean, I'm being uh, amateur amateur player all my life. Yeah. Uh, and I will and I will be. So I re- I'm retiring now from from this from this. Um, I'm letting play uh, kids play in my in my place. I'm not I'm not retiring on football because if you Travis wanted to join me to play five versus five in the streets, let's go and play any <laughs> fan who who thinks that I, I'm not loving the game. Absolutely. Now, Marcus, uh, how did how did Adelaide City take it? And uh, are they are they have they sought to, to get you on the coaching panel? Uh, are they going to have you involved with the club still? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I don't know. I mean, I. I wanted to stretch my hand to every single one in the club who needs me. And when I'm saying that, if if they need me to 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 be in any event or any any kind of matter that I can help mentoring coaches or or, or just helping, I will be there. But the the truth is that the, the truth is that I, I, I we have a director in the club. We have coaches. We have. Uh, so Adelaide City is gonna have to think in, in which in which side I can empower the club. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with the club until my my, my last day of the contract, which is uh, 2020 end of the end of the 2020 season. And I'm 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 offering myself to help. Uh, so we'll see we'll see how we how we discuss things with Adelaide City. But the the, the most important thing, Travis, is, is that if that they understood that my days as a player has come to the end. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there was an honest, honest call because, on another hand, I could actually go to training and be injured every single weekend, but no problem. I just, I'm there, you know? <laughs> what, what, but is, that, is that what we want? Is that what football needs? No. Is that what MPL needs? Well, you're not that sort of guy, so we know what you're like. Let's get back to your playing career. Um, of course, you've had a fantastic career. It's amazing you weren't here in Adelaide very long, but you managed to win the Johnny Warren medalist, the only Adelaide United player to do so, and you made such a big impression on the Adelaide supporters in the short time uh, that you were here in Adelaide before you moved on. How do you look back on your Adelaide United very short career? It was a really intense and beautiful 34 games. Um, I would say that the, uh, just getting to know the boys and Travis, you you, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. mate. When when I came when I came to Adelaide, we were you were guys seventy percent of South Australian boys. Yeah, 
I'm saying that I got in love completely with the jersey when Travis does against <laughs> against the Japanese team. Against the Japanese team, yelled to me in the face and said, "If you don't run, I want to kick you out." <laughs> um, um, and it was my second game, guys. So I co- I was completely in love with the game. Uh, with the game, then I I got I was completely in love with my teammates. Um, and it's it happened something really special. That that if if I could try to imitate, I will I will fail over and over and over because what makes beautiful um, a football is that is a team sport. You are as good as your teammates around, and and these teammates that I have that I have in Adelaide back in the day, they were so in love with the club, with the state, that make a foreigner in thirty two games. To connect with the entire country, and and and, and I was a reflection of, of, of the team. Uh, but that is what that's 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 what I was. So it was lovely. I mean, I, I would never, I I would treasure these memories with Isla United for my life, no matter what. Yeah, well, you certainly left an impression for the supporters and what you did on the field. Just very quickly, Marcos. Uh, the highlight has to be the Johnny Warren medal. That, that would that be the highlight for you in Australia? Yes. In Australia, yes, but the, I, I wanna be I wanna be really honest, Dom. The other day they asked me if you have to pick if you have to pick one day of your career, which day would be? And I said the day that I played my first very first game, and it was in Argentina wearing the wearing the jersey of Union de Santa Fe. And and why I'm saying this is because I wanted to tell the young players that are playing for Blue Eagles, for Allied City, for Campbelltown, to love the jerseys. Mm. Because if you love the jersey, you will be able to play with that heart and you will be able to uh, excel in football. And then you're going to change clubs, but you never, ever need to forget where you come through, you know, which, which club gives you opportunity to, to make your dream come true. And that was that, that Argentinian club. That was the day that I born. But in, 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 in Australia, in my, my career as achievement, was beautiful, beautiful to win the Johnny Warren. But more beautiful was to play in Adelaide United these 34 games, yeah. not just that night, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. A good answer. Now, just very quickly, because we're running out of time, did you have yeah. any regrets, any, any down sort of time in your, in your career that you wish didn't happen? Uh, Rennie Cullen? Actually... <laughs> Uh, I regret. I regret actually to, to, to don't, uh, to don't, don't. I don't know. Maybe to to score a few more goals so that the, the, the Adelaide United board make an effort to keep me in, in Adelaide back in the day. But it, it did not happen. Um, um, and, and yeah, and I, and I and I moved on. I don't have any regrets in the, in 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 other in my career because everything happened for a reason. Yep. And and everything was the circumstances, you know. I, I couldn't come back to one place. I went to another, a different place. I couldn't come back to the country. I went to another country. That is how it works, football, you know. Uh, and whoever whoever is in this business and make a career knows what I'm talking about. Yes, I think we know what you're talking about. You've been an, a great ambassador for the game, and let's hope you keep continuing doing so because we know your passion for the game. You love the ball, as you used to say. You make love to the ball. I remember you saying that. Uh, <laughs> I have never forgotten that because I tried to work out what is he talking about. But anyway, <laughs> hey, hey Marcus, Marcos, always a pleasure to talk to you, mate, and we'll see you around. And uh, good luck moving forward to the future. Okay.
Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Marcos. Big love. Good on you. Ciao, That's uh, Marcos uh, Flores, the Johnny Warren medalist and former Adelaide United champion and former teammate of yours, Trav. Absolutely. It uh, was a was a garden. That was a great year, actually. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, it was when Matt Leckie was here as well. And Serge. Serge, yeah. What a team. Particularly, particularly the, the, the understanding that myself and Matt had with Marcos. Uh, with his abilities, passing range to, to put us through, and uh, it was yeah probably some of my best years at the club as well. Yep, no, it was a good, pretty good team that year. And uh, how we didn't win the championship that year is beyond me because uh, it was most probably one of the closest to the best teams. Do you reckon? Would you say that was the best team Adelaide United have had that particular year you're talking about? Yeah, be, be uh, pretty close. There. Yeah, that was uh, Marcos Flores. Sad to see him uh, leave the game, but I'm sure he'll be around doing bits and pieces off the uh, off the ground. Uh, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Round Ball Game with Dom and Dodds. All thanks to Hyundai and, of course, Flight Centre. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. Yeah, welcome back to the round ball with uh, Dom and Dodsey. Thanks to our sponsors, Hyundai and, of course, uh, Flight Centre. Just uh, before we move on, we still get to speak to Daniel Mullen and also we'll have a chat to the uh, general manager of the FIFA World's uh, Women's World Cup bid for 2023 here in Australia, Jane Fernandez, with Marcos Flores. I didn't realise, but was he getting a bit of stick on social media over the weekend, was he? Yeah, it happened uh, over the weekend. I got involved myself in a bit of a, a verbal with uh, some, some fans uh, on Twitter. Uh, people basically uh, insinuating that Marcos was chasing the money and given the money's dried up that he's uh, he's not involved oh, anymore. Get away. So people were saying that. Ad- yeah. Were they Adelaide United supporters? I don't know if that? Adelaide United supporters, Goodness but gracious. I certainly took offence to it. Yeah, uh, because uh, if you know Marcos and you've had a conversation with him, which I made uh, quite clear to this uh, person in particular, that. If you know Marcos, you know what he's about. Yep. He's not in it for the money. No. You know, he made his money. Uh, he's not doing it. And you know, accusations are oh, he just shopped himself around for the highest bidder. Why Incorrect. Did he choose, why did he choose Adelaide City then in the end? And uh, it's it's so frustrating that there's people that are so narrow-minded and they hear these little rumours and innuendo and take it as gospel. Uh, and then it turned around and was thrown at me, about me in particular, playing at Metro. <laughs> you too. <laughs> um, that I shot myself around uh, to different NPL clubs, which... Can you teach me that? I want to shot myself around. Categorically was not true. Yeah, um, God. But, yeah, it's you know, these narrow-minded people yeah. that are keyboard warriors. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so frustrating. The thing is, even at the time when uh, people were saying, oh, Marcus is a... Uh, uh, a trader because he went to Melbourne Victory. We, we, now, the people here at the time, the coaches, were making it sound like they were trying their best to get him back, but it was so untrue. He wanted to come back to Adelaide. They didn't make him an offer. Absolutely. That's why he went to Melbourne. Now, anybody would do exactly the same thing. Yeah, anybody. 100%. And for... Look, if there's fans that, that don't like it, yeah. well, then it's because, and they don't like him because of that, it's because they don't understand the story. Correct. Yep. They don't know the full story. If yep. you knew that Marcos would have done anything to have... Come back to the club, but the club made it sound like they'd made him offer yeah, that he wasn't absolutely they that did. he wouldn't come, that it was down to money. Well, the, in, in fact, the truth to all the Adelaide United fans is that the club at the time never made him an offer. Yep, and he told, and I know at the time that he actually went to Adelaide first before he went anywhere else to say, "I'm available. Do you want me?" 
never made her offer, and that's why he went to uh, Melbourne Victory. And that's the real story, not what you heard at the time, because he's a true gentleman and he doesn't chase the money. All right, uh, let's go Aussies abroad here, Trip. Uh, what's been happening? Because the Bundesliga kicked off last weekend. I actually watched it as well. There's quite a few games on. It was nice to watch, albeit empty stadiums. But uh, what can you tell us about what happened? Well, uh, well, your son, uh, Lucas Ronaldo, yep. did a piece for the for Channel 7 and interviewed Matt Leckie. And Matt Leckie was quite <laughs> confident that he was going to play on the weekend uh-uh. after, after all the troubles he's been having. Uh, third coach in 12 months. Uh, thought he was going to get a run, but didn't play. Um, they had a big win, uh, 3-0. Good win too. Away, yeah, to Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. So uh, very good uh, for them to get back to their winning ways, uh, Avoid uh, trying to avoid relegation there. Uh, Brandon Brello also playing in Germany. Uh, didn't make the squad in their side's uh, one-all draw with uh, RB Leipzig. So they're a very good team there, Leipzig. Uh, the K-League was also up and going. Uh, Adam Taggart, who was the last year's golden boot for the, the K-League, uh, came on as a 60, 60th minute substitute where against uh, Ulsan Hyundai, who Jason Davidson plays for, who yep, we spoke, we spoke to, to him last week. week. Yep. Yeah, and they uh, So Ulsan got up with a, a 3-2 win. Uh, Brandon O'Neill, uh, who, who's... I'm following now the Pohang Steelers uh, because I picked the team. That's a pretty big club for him to be playing with, by the way, Pohang it Steelers. Is, yeah, but yeah. he is a great player. Yeah, Brandon he is. He's a yeah. great player. So he played 85 minutes. Uh, his first first start for the for the campaign for him in a in a one all draw away to Daegu. It's good to see a couple of leagues getting back uh, uh, on the field, the Bundesliga and also the K-League. Now, let's turn our attention to the uh, women's game, and that's the FIFA Women's World Cup. There's a bid for the 2023 uh, Women's World Cup. Love to see it here in Australia. And one uh, lady who's got a lot to do with this, we're going to have a chat to her, the uh, general manager of the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup bid, and that's uh, Jane Fernandez. Jane, thanks for joining us here on uh, the Round Ball. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. It's it's pretty exciting if we can get... How realistic... I know we're in a joint bid with New Zealand as one, but how realistic is it that we'll see it here in Australia? Look, we, we believe we've put forward a really strong and com- compelling bid uh, proposal. We are up against some strong competition, but um, we believe a FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand would be a tournament of firsts. It'll be the first time uh, we have a cross-confederation bid and it would also be the first time that the Women's World Cup would be held in the Asia-Pacific region. So have, we think it's a really compelling case. Have you spoken to all the governments around the country? Are they uh, with open arms saying, yep, we're ready to go. If you want to do it, we're going to accept it here? Absolutely, yeah. We have strong support from all governments across Australia. Um, and that was really a prerequisite to being to ensuring we could actually bid. Yeah. So strong government support behind us all the way. Uh, Jane, I guess there has been some talk uh, with the W League uh, no, will that continue? Is this is this World Cup bid uh, a very good sign for the W League that that's only going to get uh, stronger and better as the years go on as well? Yeah, look, hosting a FIFA Women's World Cup here in Australia and New Zealand would really um, provide a fantastic benchmark platform for women's football across the country, including the W League. Um, and so, you know, we're super confident of being able to host the best ever Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. It seems from the outside the women's game uh, is getting bigger and bigger. Now, you'd mostly have all the stats. How big is the women's game in our country? Oh, look, the women's game's huge. You would have also seen the participation stats that were released with an 11% growth in female participation across the country. Um, We know that from hosting the Asian Cup back in 2015, participation growth uh, grew 20%. 
So you can only imagine how big the women's game can get. How do we stack up? Because we always see that the say Aussie rules and rugby league saying how their game's getting the women's game is getting bigger and bigger. More girls are are playing Aussie rules and what have you. How do they stack up against the, our game? Yeah, look, our game's definitely number one in participation. Um, we've seen that through all of the all of the reporting. We've also got a fantastic pathway. I mean, you can see where the Matildas are playing now across the world. Um, so you know, football is definitely number one in participation for women and girls. We saw the the FIFA delegation came to Australia. They did the the site visits and everything like that. Uh, and we we do understand a total of thirteen stadiums uh, are going to be used. The, does Cooper's <laughs> Stadium uh, make the cut for that? Certainly does. Yeah, we had a fantastic time in in Adelaide. We took the FIFA delegation um, around Adelaide. They had a super time. A great inspection of Cooper's. Um, we love playing football at Cooper Stadium. It's almost purpose-built for our game. Beautiful rectangular venue, and the plan would be to elevate it back to the size it was for the Olympic Games. Um, nice, intimate, huge crowd, great um, atmosphere, and we're really looking forward to hosting games there in 2023. Did Premier Marshall say that it's going to be temporary, or are they going to make them permanent, those extra seats? So the, at this stage, the extra seats would be a temporary overlay solution, but let's hope if we win, then there's the opportunity to really make it permanent. Yeah, because we really need, especially here in uh, Adelaide, we're being biased, obviously, because we are an Adelaide show here, but we'd love it to see uh, to see that grow a little bit bigger and making it permanent. How big is this game going to get if we do happen to get this World Cup? Because as we've seen in the past, every time there's a World Cup in whatever country, the uh, well, it just goes bigger and bigger, the game in those countries. What about here in Australia? How big can you see it getting? Oh, look, I think there are no limits to how big this game can get. Um, we saw in France in 2019 um, over a billion eyeballs on the game. Um, we're predicting over a million uh, in attendances to our games. So I think the sky's the limit, really. You know, let's grow the participation base yeah. and let's really um, boost the women's game across the country and also across the Asia-Pacific. This is obviously our bid is not just about Australia and New Zealand. This is also about the region. And we want to make sure that we're able to um, cross all borders and really accelerate football. Who are we competing against? Which other countries are vying for it? So we have Colombia and Brazil and also Japan. So, you know, as I said earlier, some really strong competition. Um, but we believe we've put forward a really compelling case as to why the FIFA Women's World Cup should come to Australia and New Zealand. How confident are you, Jane? Look, at the moment, I feel I feel confident. However, as you guys would be aware, you never know until the votes are cast. <laughs> yeah. But um, but at this stage, we're, we're we're doing all the work that needs to be done. We've put in a lot of effort to ensure that um, our bid stacks up, and uh, we're really looking forward to the decision day on the twenty fifth of June. You said the decision comes then, which is D Day. Does the FFA uh, still do the the back channeling negotiations? Does that still go on until the the day of the announcement? Yeah, so you can imagine with the travel restrictions in place, um, the last face-to-face meeting we actually had, all bidders were given the opportunity to present to the UEFA uh, conference in Amsterdam. So we did that with all the other bidders. And then, as you can imagine, travel restrictions are limiting um, the opportunity for those face-to-face meetings. But we're continually talking to all of the different confederations and just ensuring that um, they understand the strengths of, of the bid. Well, our fingers are crossed for you, Jane. Let's hope we can get this over the line the 25th of June, and uh, we're gonna, we'll chat to you uh, after that date uh, and hopefully in a positive way saying congratulations, Jane. What do you reckon? 
Oh, look, I think that'd be fantastic, <laughs> and we would just love everyone to get on site at Oz1 at Oz1 2023 and really throw your support behind the bid. Fantastic, Jane. Keep up the good work and uh, good luck with all of that. Thanks for talking to us uh, here on uh, The Round Ball. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jane. Well done, Jane. Jane Fernandez, the general manager of the FIFA World uh, Women's Cup bid for 2023. How good would it be if we got it here in Australia? It'll be huge. It'll be huge for the W League as well because we have spoken in the past that because of all this COVID-related stuff happening that that may fall by the wayside. But you'd have to say with absolute certainty that... If Australia gets his bid, then the, the women's game, in particular yep. W League, Skyrocket. is going nowhere. Yep, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that's uh, Jane Fernandez, and uh, fingers crossed for the women's game. And, of course, it's all thanks to SA Power Networks empowering women's football in South Australia. They are big supporters of the women's game, so uh, support them as well. Now, we're going to take a short break, and on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to chat to uh, Daniel Mullen. You're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey back after this. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai, enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. Yes, welcome back. We're coming around the home turn here. The uh, round ball with Dom and Dodsey, thanks to Hyundai and also uh, our good friends at uh, Flight Centre. Now, just before we move on to our next guest, uh, uh, Trev, um, the K-League, of course, started a couple of weeks ago. Now... I think it was at Seoul FC who actually FC Seoul, yes. FC Seoul because we played there, didn't we? We've been there, haven't we? Uh, played against them in the Champions League. No, I, I certainly haven't. Oh, you weren't played there. against Pohang. Okay, no, well, you and, must have uh, you must have been dropped that trip. Yep, uh, but obviously because it's behind closed door, no supporters. But they've sort of thought outside the square and did something different. What did they do? Definitely uh, thought outside the square. Um, an excuse, inexcusable mistake. Kaylee Club FC Seoul apologises after filling stadium with sex dolls. <laughs> now, there's a photo here oh, uh, of the the dolls, mannequins, uh, dressed up with clothes on to act as supporters. And oh, well, they dressed up. That's all right. They've even gone to the extent and they've put masks on them as well. Oh, well, there you go. They've What's got all face the big... masks so well, they're not spreading the virus. Oh, well, there you go. But uh, getting away from the K-League, let's talk it more locally here, the NPL. Uh, we don't really know when that's going to kick off, but we thought we'll catch up with uh, uh, Campbelltown uh, defender and former Adelaide United. Actually, he's played that many clubs. It will take me an hour to go through them. But Daniel Mullen joins us. How are you, Danny? Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good, buddy. What did you think of the uh, the crowd there at uh, the K-League there? Good idea for, to do that here in the NPL? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's subjective, <laughs> isn't it? I think some people will enjoy it. Um, but no, I think it's a, it's a family game over here, so probably not a great idea. Oh, you can put families in there. Hey, Danny, uh, yeah. we don't know when the season's starting yet here in the local NPL. Uh, what have you been doing uh, just to keep yourself fit and uh, motivated, I guess, as well? Aside from Instagram photos. Aside from that, with your wife and wife-to-be, yeah, because uh, we're getting sick of all those photos, by the way. But anyway, what have you been doing? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, <laughs> I've been, uh, <laughs> I've just been doing, um, you know, a few little, a few little runs uh, throughout the week. So, you know, three, three or four, um, six-kilometer runs just to keep that aerobic fitness up. In terms of, um, in terms of football, it's not, not too much you can do because obviously haven't been allowed to go out and have a kick with people. Um, so. Yeah, just really keeping that aerobic fitness up and um, having a base for when we've finally now been able to come back and, and start training. So how many weeks of training would you need to sort of get back straight into it once the game starts? Is a couple of weeks enough for you to get going again? Yeah, for some people it would be all right. I think, um, you know, if Travis to make a return, it would be a few more weeks. But More months, um, more like it. 
<laughs> Almost, maybe. No, I think honestly, I think it's um, it, it really does come down to the to the players. It's obviously a semi-professional league, so you can't expect everyone to to come back, um, you know, raring to go, and and um, you can hope that they've been doing the work, you know, while we haven't been, uh, while we haven't been at training. But you know, people have families, people have jobs, so. I think it would take a little bit longer than it would, you know, a team like Adelaide United. Dan, have you started training yet? Uh, we have, yeah. We started last week. Yeah, so, so we, we've had three three sessions now. So there are quite a number of restrictions that we've seen come out that we're training in small groups. You can only train on thirds of the pitch. How have you been finding yeah. that? And, and has Phil been able to, I guess, implement training sessions to, to accommodate the players and the players' needs? Yeah, to be honest, it's been really good so far. We've, um, we've only had about 12 players out because uh, that's that's pretty much our you know our senior list um, at the moment. So uh, with twelve players, you know you're looking at literally two, uh, three or two or three players um, that can't be in that one third. And you know, if you have a look at any sort of training session, um, you know there's there's players all over the pitch. So it's been it hasn't been too uh, too hard, I don't think, for the coaches to to make that um, you know something that that happens on a regular uh, basis. But we've also got people on the side of the pitch who's Keeping an eye on it, you know, we've got Chicken Dave, um, team managers there, that are making sure that there's, um, you know, always the, the right amount of people in the right areas. Is it confusing, um, Danny, though, when you're out there? Is it confusing to think, oh, well, all this isolation, we're going to keep, keep that far apart? How, how confusing is it? Oh, we've, as as players, it's, it's funny. Like, we obviously take, take the mick out of yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but, the you know, the, the team managers and that, they're, you can see them pulling their hair out. They, they are quite stressed about it. Um, so, so we've probably been been taking the mick out of it a bit more than we should. We do know the seriousness, though. So, I mean, while we do joke around about it, it it is something that we're still aware of, um, you know. And we don't we don't push the boundaries. There's, there's no need um, because it, it it is a serious issue. Yeah. So, Dan Mullen, life yeah. out of life outside of football. Uh, is it true that you're at a you've got a placement at an elite private school in in Adelaide? Excuse and, us and for how, breathing. How has that happened? Hello. Uh, yeah, well, I've I've finished um, yeah five week placements. I've I uh, like you, Trav. When I was when I was playing professionally, was, was thinking about the future. And, <laughs> no, I was I was doing university throughout. You know, basically ten years doing it part time um, while I was playing. And uh, I've pretty much got six months to go now until I'll be until I'll be finished that that degree um, as a teacher. So yeah, I've, I've been at um, St Peter's for the last five weeks or so. Wow! Well a, done. Yeah, had a had a great great time here. It's been uh, it's been yeah, really really good. Great school, obviously great um, resources, great facilities. Um, so up, yeah, it's been, it been excellent. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's hope you get yeah. a full time job there, mate. No, thanks, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's been great. Talk- it's been great talking. It's always good to catch up. You always uh, in- enlighten us with what's going on. So uh, good luck with the training and uh, with the placement, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Speak Cheers, Dan. Good on you, Daniel Mullen, who, of course, did play for Adelaide. Now, let's go through Adelaide United. No, we haven't got enough time. But anyway, he's now with Campbelltown uh, City as a defender. And, uh, of course, he's, we should have asked him about his dad because you reckon his dad would have told him about if he's going to want to no, coach? No, I don't think so. Wouldn't, wouldn't, don't they talk? No. Well, is the family's fracture no, there? No. All, all good? Well, Dan lives with his wife now. Okay. No, it's not his wife. They're oh, not married. Okay. They had a wedlock. Uh Bickford's, uh, by the way, has got uh, got together with the football clubs in uh, South Australia. Tell us more about that uh, with the Football SA. Well, uh, one of the requirements to come back yep. from this COVID uh, disaster is that uh, we've got to have hand sanitizer. Yep. Uh, a plenty. You know and how to wash your hands? Have you been watching yeah. the instruction on how to wash your hands? No, I think I'd do a reasonable job of that. Okay. Um, 
already. But uh, Bickford, <laughs> Bickford's group of company has given grassroots football clubs uh, and associations across SA uh, 10,000 bottles of hand sanitizer Fantastic. free of charge. Well done, Bickford. Free of charge. Brilliant. Well free done. Free of charge, yep. yep. Round of applause yep. for Bickford's. And I'm well sure, done, Bickford's. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, CEO of uh, Football South Australia, uh, Australia, Michael Carter, will be pretty happy with that. Well, it is, and, and it might seem an insignificant thing to some people but yep. it's oh no it's important it's a, it's a big cost yeah. for for clubs that have not got revenue at the moment yep. so and that's most every of them. every dollar counts absolutely so well done uh, bigfords it's time for us to go we'll see you again next wednesday at 5:30 on the round ball with dom and dodzy dodzy say goodbye cheers dom it's been a pleasure ciao